0: Hello and welcome to Minter Dialogue, episode number 229. Today is Sunday the 9th of April 2017, and this interview is with Thomas Power, who's an author of seven books, speaker, and a man of influence. Thomas was the founder of eAcademy, and today runs Electric Dog to act as the Chief Digital Officer in support of Executive Boards, where he's a member of numerous boards around the world. In this conversation, we discuss the changing world of boards, how leaders should or could be using social media, influencer marketing, and some of the most exciting new tech. Welcome to the Minter Dialogue podcast, where we discuss brand marketing with a focus on all things digital. I am Minter Dial, your host and author of The Mindset. That's M Y N D S E T dot com, where branding gets personal. You'll find the show notes to the blog for the upcoming interview. Let's cut to the quick and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Minter Dialogue. Someone who's piped in from London, even though sometimes I'm nearer to you there. We are in Paris, piped in with Thomas Power, founder and chairman previously of eAcademy, uh, running a company called Electric Dog TV and a board member of many companies. Thomas, great to have you on the show. Tell us who you are. And uh, what's your mindset these days?
1: Thank you, Minta. Thank you for inviting me. Um, tell you who I am. Well, I'm a board member on many companies around the world in, uh, in Europe, North America, Australia and New Zealand. Uh, I'm 53. I've been working since I was 16, so 37 years. I'm, a, I'm an old tech veteran, I guess. Um, who's addicted to uh, technology and social media and SaaS and AI and blockchain and Internet of Things and I love uh, I love this uh, constant world of learning and absorbing this uh, this onslaught that's coming at board members across the world.
0: It certainly is so. I suppose that d- defines your mindset, uh, Thomas. One of the things I wanted to uh, ask you about, also being a board member on a couple of companies is how how do you find the role of being a board member has evolved over the years in this sort of topsy turvy world especially when you're dealing with Australia and New Zealand as well you know around the world you must have a particular regard on how being a governor and a, or a director has changed and, and the, the responsibility that it represents i, th- I think the uh, i think
1: the amount of responsibility has gone up dramatically it, 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 it is a huge it is a huge responsibility and you feel that responsibility on your shoulders um, all the time representing the shareholders and getting them the returns that they seek. I think uh, you've had to become much more sophisticated as a board member. You've had to become much more uh, coherent with uh, lots and lots of law, lots of data, lots of government regulation you've had to become a you've had to become sophisticated at governance and observation as well as uh, as well as choosing a few good decisions um and you've had to become au fait with vast vast arrays of financing and vast arrays of uh, of technology but at the end of the day it's still about protecting uh, shareholders. And giving returns to shareholders, so I don't think I don't think that bit's changed. I just think uh, you're having to upgrade your skills literally every day to cope with the speed and the scale and the onslaught of 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 regulation, of uh, of data, of law, and of tech. So um, you, you've got to be smart to do this. Um, and, it, and you've got to you've got to accept the responsibility that you're taking on. You, you don't take on lightly. You've got to really consider it at length.
0: One of the things that I've observed is that, as you say, there's so much more to take on. And yet that's also the same, of course, for the executive members of the board and the company. And so the issue or the challenge is getting au fait with all the stuff and yet keeping the distance
1: yeah that is a that is a huge challenge because you want to be intimate with the executive to support them on what they're trying to achieve and in, and in many ways um, you are their uh, you are their coach, you are their mentor, you are their guide, you are their support um, infrastructure you are their shoulder to lean on when they need it or when they need to bounce off ideas or when or even when they're going through a crisis. but at the end of the day, you are a governor of the shareholders' capital. So that makes you um, that makes you walk a fine line, uh, a fine balance. But but at the end of the day, you you have to vote with the shareholders ahead of the executives, and uh, you have to choose the best executives to get the best outcomes for those shareholders. Um, no but uh, I do love uh, I do love the executives I work with dearly around the world, and uh, I I want I want them to achieve what they're uh, what they're aiming for and the outcomes they've set themselves.
0: All right, so let's let's take that notion of defending shareholder value, which is what you're what you do as the governor, and what of the these these crazy notions of customer first or employee first, when you're up against shareholder first?
1: Yeah, it's a it, it it's a huge one. I i i think i think when you're when you are faced with this question between shareholders, between um, employees, between uh, suppliers and customers and so on, I I think social media has changed, has changed that priority. And I think, I think probably with the op- influx of particularly things like Twitter, um, less so LinkedIn and, and Facebook, but particularly things like Twitter, um, Employees come first, um, suppliers come second, shareholders come third, and actually customers come fourth hmm. if I was to rank them. Whereas I think in the traditional model, um, shareholders came first, customers came second, suppliers came third, and employees came fourth. Hmm. So I think social media has changed the order of the priority for the uh, for the operational running and communicating of the business, quite dramatically, and when you when you see different behaviours on, uh, particularly Twitter uh, across the world, um, it's dramatically affected shareholder behaviour, executive behaviour, and governance uh, behaviour. What you see is very. Day, you've got to get. You've got to get the. you, you you've got to get, a hundred percent engagement with your employees to get shareholders a return.
2: Yeah.
1: And if you, look at, uh, if you look at, and it might be an, an interview you do with somebody else, but when you look at the amount of disengagement or lack of engagement by employees in organizations around the world, it's quite staggering how uh, distant employees have become from uh, executives and from board members and thus from shareholders.
0: So do you think that that has fundamentally changed because of the Internet or at the same time as the arrival of the Internet? Well, I would say it's fundamentally
1: changed because of social media. And I, I don't know how we define the beginning of social media, huh. but let's, let's call it the last 20 years. Social media has, has, has changed um, employee engagement. It's changed supplier engagement. It's changed customer engagement. And thus, it's changed shareholder engagement. And, it, and it's multiple platforms. Because there are so many social media platforms now that you have to consider, and you have to consider how you represent the company and how you behave on them. So, yeah, I if if social media is an output of the internet, then you could say the internet has changed it. But but to me, the biggest the biggest shift is is social media of the last however you want to define it. The beginning of Academy, uh the beginning of uh, of Onion, the beginning of Yahoo. Let's call it twenty years. Yeah. Um, but I, I would say it's only in the last couple of years I'm thinking. Really, if we if we go back to Northern Rock as August 2007, and we go through to, to 2015, where it, it, it took all of that time to flush out the global financial crisis, I I re- I really think the major impact of uh, social media on governance and corporate governance got uh, heavily underway in 2016. It was emerging up until then but I really think it's it's accelerated in the last 18 months.
0: Right. So when you are assessing or working with a company whether you're on the board or not, what is your viewpoint or recommendation to the CEO and the C-suite with regard to their participation and activity on social, if it's so important?
1: Oh, that's a great question. That's a great question. Most, um, I would say most executives, even most board members, are terrified of social media. Yeah. So um, when, people are, when people are terrified of swimming lessons or golf <laughs> lessons, it's probably best to wait until they ask but uh, I I do think I do think particularly the chief executive has a responsibility to the employees, the suppliers, the customers, and the shareholders to represent to represent the company properly on social media, and to engage all those uh, all those different stakeholders properly. And so um, if if they don't know how to do it, I'll obviously teach them because I've got
0: those skills. You certainly do. Um,
1: if uh, if they if they do know how to do it uh I'll act like a uh, a golf pro coach and just uh, help them with their swing or their feet or their hips to get them just shooting in the right direction
0: so if you had a a light motif to your recommendations per se you have somebody who's obviously aware maybe has opened up these uh channels and is sort of getting dipping their toes What kind of advice would you give them?
1: You mean if if somebody hasn't begun at all?
0: Well, they've sort of got, I mean, there's nobody who hasn't heard of Twitter now, hopefully. (laughs) Unless they've been living in a cave. And, you know, or they've sort of got, obviously, they might be privately on Facebook. They they might have this, uh, you know, stupid icon on LinkedIn, but not much more than that. What kind of? I mean, where I'm going with this really is is almost back to your institutional networking. Do you want to be me personally, you know, with with spelling mistakes, or do you need to be towing the party line?
1: I, th- I actually think uh, spelling mistakes and, and grammatical errors show your personality. So I, I'm not really worried about things like uh, spelling mistakes and grammatical errors because everybody makes those. Um, I I would just say if I think it's important to skill up your executives skill up yourself and skill up your executives but I think you should only do as much social media as you wish to do um and if you don't want to do it as the chief executive give it give it to one of the executive members who does want to do it or um hire the hire the skills to support somebody who does want to do it but somebody somebody in the executive team should represent the message of the company whether you're a hiring people whether you're acquiring companies whether you're selling assets whether you're doing a public listing whether there's uh, issues with regulation or the law or so, you, some somebody needs to represent the company message online across all of these different platforms so probably i would say if somebody is in, uh, in the fledgling state Pick the most skilled amongst them, the most social media skilled amongst them, and give give them a little bit more skills. um, But pick the enthusiast, the one who wants to do it. Don't give it to somebody who doesn't want to do it because most executives and most board members don't want to do social media. And if people, a lot of people invite me to play golf and I'm hopeless at golf. (laughs) Um, But no one ever invites me to play tennis and I'm good at tennis. (laughs) So it's 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 best to give the task to somebody who is an enthusiast and give them more skills. Well,
0: on air, I I challenge you to a game of tennis. I'm looking forward to that one, Thomas. What about Um, what about board of governors? Do you think that any of the governors need to be on social if it's all the same important for the company in terms of driving shareholder value?
1: That is a really good question. That is a really, really good question. I pondered it a lot. I mean, I get get invited onto boards of directors or to consider them because of my social profile or my social presence. So um, I sort of, I I, I get invited in as like the digital or the social guy Mm -hmm. member. Um, I would say in terms of governance, no. I would, instinctively I would say no because their value their value is in their in their role in governance insight support questioning doubting challenging so in in their role to represent shareholders and, and support executives I would say no but I still think I would say probably I'm I'm probably Part of a new breed of uh, governors or board members who are comfortable with the social presence, um, and therefore I, I would be quite rare um, around the world. But I, I, I would, in answer to your question, I'd probably say no, um, because their value is not to do that. Their value is to challenge and question and doubt and. Refine that organization until it's delivering the outcomes that have been agreed upon for the shareholders.
0: But between you and me, I believe anyway that the presence on social that someone like you has is going to give you a leg up on understanding what's going on. Well, that's true, but I mean,
1: you know, if I, I've taken 20 years to learn social media, so you can't expect people to learn it to that standard, to my standard, without many years of practice, as the same would be with tennis or golf or any sport, for that sure. matter. So it it it's hard for board members or executives to get proficient without lots and lots of practice, and they've got to have motive. And I would say most uh, board members or governors, executives, don't have motive yet hmm. But I have to say, for the consumers out there, the suppliers out there, the employees out there that are considering the company either, either to be hired or to supply it or to buy from it, um, it it does add a lot of value to them if they can see executives and board members on these social platforms. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but I, I I still think we're transitioning to it. I've worked with uh, I've worked with board members in North America, the UK, Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, uh, the Middle East. Um, But I I would only say it's in the last, as I say, it's only been in the last few years that they've got serious about social. Hmm. It's only just become important and it's hitting their radar. Um, Hmm. But but even when it becomes important, you still have the issue of getting the skills. And uh, as, as Matt Hancock said yesterday at the SAGE Summit that I was, uh, I was at uh, tweeting, um, the biggest challenge facing businesses now is digital skills.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's digital skills in the boardroom, digital skills among the executives, digital skills across the organization. And there's a vast range of digital skills to, uh, to learn. And social media
0: is just one of those. Mm-hmm. In your, uh, I was listening to your TEDx speech in Maastricht, and you talk um, about Cloud and Pure Index. Uh, in this context, what is your view on this notion of influencer marketing? In other words, for those who don't understand, it, the idea of, of g- engaging with people who are influential to help drive your business.
1: Yeah, Minter, I, I really think influencer marketing is, uh, is going to explode. If it hasn't already, I think it's emerging right now. But I think in the 2020s, it will be the dominant form of marketing because um, an, in, an individual that has a million followers on, uh, on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter or Instagram or Snapchat or any one of these social platforms is a much more powerful person to represent your brand and your organization than any amount of advertising on Google or the television or the radio or the newspaper. So I think, I think influencer marketing will be the dominant route to market in the 2020s. Right now, I think you've got a lot of influencer marketing agencies in the various cities around the world, but they're still quite niche. And uh, the candidates who who do influencer marketing on on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn or YouTube or Snapchat are, are providing it um, as a service to uh, to different organisations and or brands around the world. But it it's not yet very organised. And I think uh, if you think of uh, Mark McCormack's business, Mark's obviously now dead. Uh, IMG International. Management group where he started with Arnold Palmer and ended up managing every uh, musician and, and sports star in the world. I, I I think influencer marketing now is about managing the uh, the geek celebrities. The because um, they are really geek celebrities on these platforms uh, YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Snapchat. Uh, we're going to see like an IMG uh, an IMGI. If you like mm-hmm. an internet, an internet version of IMG, yeah. IIMG, uh, <laughs> yeah, for I- IIMG, whatever, um, because Mark's business model, which I think dates back to 1960, mm-hmm. um, is is really being updated for the celebrities we now see on YouTube, we now see on Twitter, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Snapchat, uh, Instagram, Pinterest. Uh, these celebrities are incredibly influential people um, and much more influential than any advertising campaign or any direct marketing campaign or emailing campaign or funneling campaign. So I I would say the influencer channel will be the dominant route to market in the 2020s and... Um, We'll, we'll see geek celebrities to rival the uh, the Roger Hamilton, uh, Roger Hamilton, the Roger uh, Federer's, the Lewis Hamilton's, the, the superstars that we know um, who are in the music and entertainment business or the sports business. Uh, we're going to see that in geek celebrity. Yeah,
0: I, uh, Roger Hamilton must have a very fast service. Um, so uh, in this notion, you mentioned celebrity, so geek celebrity. So, if your marketing manager came to you and you're running the company and said, "Hey, listen, I've got this. Um, i got this choice. Um, I have George Clooney, or I have this vlogger that has a million viewers. How do you manage that uh, conundrum?" Uh, uh, to me, it's a, to me it's a
1: no-brainer. George, George Clooney is is, uh, is there to sell coffee and Amiga watches and uh, we see um, we see George with Nespresso and Amiga all the time around the world mm-hmm. and he gives us a warm feeling about uh, about Nespresso and Amiga watches because uh, a- a- every woman uh, adores him and every man wants to be like him so he has that he has that positive vibration for both men and women but given the choice between the two um, and, unless you're an a an Nestle or an Amiga, I go for the vlogger every time. Do you believe in clout still? Oh, very much so. Yeah, very, very much so. Um, I, I, I would always, I would always recommend. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of scepticism. There's a lot of doubt about uh, clout and gaming it and so on. But I, I completely believe that the uh, the clout seventy score defines the
0: experts. Do you think that? It's gotten better over time, clout, or have they sort of just continued on in their own way I, I haven't seen you know the back end and I used to know Joe and I mean I do know Joe, but I haven't really sort of cottoned in on how, what they're doing on the back end how how have they improved and tried to get away from the type of gaming and and uh, negative s- s- reputation that was around it
1: uh well i think I think clout lacks lacks the the plugins of uh, a lot of the new platforms like uh, Snapchat or WhatsApp or more, more up-to-date environments. But I think Joe's original idea is still solid. Obviously, it's a shame Joe's no longer there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He had a lot of challenges with that business. They had a lot of challenges building that business. Sure. Huge, huge personal challenges as well as financial challenges. But I still believe in the basic principle that uh, influence is reliable uh, the score is reliable across a lot of platforms, and uh, I'm often uh, torn apart by uh, the various voices around the world that, uh, uh, that it can be gamed, mm-hmm. and uh, it it can be gamed, but sustained sustained scores
2: mm-hmm.
1: on uh, Clout can't be gamed. Mm-hmm. And I think what, what appeals to me about the people with scores over 70, because it's very hard to get to 70 and stay there. That's for sure. Um, is what I call persistent presence.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the people who have persistent presence, who are day in, day out, whether they're an Instagrammer or a YouTuber or a, uh, a a blogger, whether they're a, a Twitter or a LinkedIn or a, a Snapchatter, the people who have long-term persistent presence, and clout scores over 70 are world class influencers and therefore huge routes to market
2: hmm. well, for whichever
1: organization or brand wants to work with them. Um, and now you have lots and lots of these people. I would say at the moment they're just not organized, they haven't yet coalesced themselves into a, uh, a managed network that, you know, like an IMG.
0: Hmm. Right, I want to finish on uh, new tech, an area that you love and that I love. What are the what is or are the new technologies that really rock your boat, or you're very excited about? And in the same breath, which ones are the ones that frighten you the most?
1: Okay, so we've have we've, we've had sort of our social media decade and our cloud decade, and we've now we're now into our uh, our SaaS period where we've got lots of software as a service apps on our smartphones and on our our desktops, and you can. You can run a whole business now on your uh, SaaS apps, yep. uh, big or small. So I think we've had, we've gone through uh, social media. We've, we're, we're now in SaaS. we we've probably by the end of this decade, we'll have completed the, the migration of more than fifty percent of organizations in cloud. So I now regard social media and SaaS as utility, uh, mandatory, but utility. In terms of new stuff, very fascinated by the Internet of Things, of everything being connected. Very fascinated by the uh, Alexa, the Amazon Echo, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the Google Home product. Very uh, fascinated by the connected car and the connection between the connected car, the laptop, and the smartphone and the television. Um, I'm intrigued by where all these, uh, all these uh, bots and AI are going to take us with voice uh, because it's, uh, it's coming at us um, and I'm very fascinated by, the, by all the transactions moving onto the blockchain um, and the, um, the development of uh, the initial coin offering and companies floating themselves on the blockchain. I, I don't know whether I understand that, I believe that whether it's real or not but it is happening. Um in term in terms of AI and bots I mean a lot of people fear it but I don't I don't really fear it. I think I think bots and AI will be as trivial as websites in the 2020s and people will have bots and AI doing huge numbers of tasks for them so they can focus on the bits of their life they they want to I I think bots and AI blockchain it will be commoditized as early as the 2020s. So I, I don't I don't really fear anything. My biggest fear is making sure everybody keeps up. So I'm a big proponent of digital skills, that uh, that all of this all of this knowledge moves onto the high street in uh, in uh, coffee shops, and you have um, you have the business cafe places where you can go and learn all this stuff from your peers. When, when you've got time, I, I wish there was more digital education on the high street, and I'd like to see that happen. But in, in terms of fear, um, I don't really fear anything about technology and all, all the stuff about AI putting everyone out of work and robots running the world. I think it's utter nonsense. I really do. I, th- I, think, I think we're actually going to have the other problem. We're going to run out of people with skills to do the work. And we're going to have to retrain hundreds of millions, perhaps billions of people to keep up with this technology.
0: Well, then, it, 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 just to be a little bit provocative, it sounds like the fear of choice. If, in that we have so many choices, not enough people, not enough skills. How does one navigate as a brand, a company through this plethora of exciting opportunities?
1: I think that is the biggest challenge facing board members and executives. There are so many muffins in the store that uh, you decide to procrastinate and not choose any. It's very, very difficult that and everybody has a, has a favourite muffin and wants to choose the technology that they like and understand and so I, I think the key is to surround yourself with the skills and hire the talent who are experts at all of these different things whether it be bots whether it be AI, whether it be data, whether it be blockchain, whether it be SaaS, whether it be social media, make, make sure in the executive team that uh, serves the board, make sure that talent has all of that breadth and is able to build that uh, digital culture inside an organization, engage all the employees, invite all the suppliers to be innovative with the company, um, and and surround yourself with those, what what can I call them, digital Sherpas, digital guides, digital companions, to make sure everybody is on the pace, because it, it isn't going to slow down, it's only going to accelerate, and you, you've got to be surrounded with experts to help you make, make the choice, otherwise you'll sit on your hands and procrastinate, and there's a lot of procrastination um, around the world among executives and board members. Why is that? Well, because if you've got too much choice and you don't understand, it's easier to do nothing.
0: Hmm. I was just talking with a friend, uh, Louis Dugas, and he used the expression beyond the air. And the reason why that struck a chord with me is that everything you're mentioning, Thomas, like AI, bots, IoT, social, even mobile, they're so everywhere and touching everything, the cloud, that the end of the day is sort of, it's sort of, it is the air. So now it's become a question of just, you know, what air are you going to breathe <laughs> and and for what purpose? And then pulling together these things, because at the end of the day, they're not in isolation, blockchain and, and uh, AI plus SAS and the internet. And, and you just, these technologies are intertwined and have an ability to touch everything.
1: Yeah. They're all, they're all deeply, deeply connected and they they take me hours and hours of reading conferences and flights to understand and appreciate um and i i do I do spend literally hundreds of hours trying to understand them all and contextualize them so that I can give that information to board members and executives so they so they can choose um and it's it's very very hard and i would I would say I spend most of my life um Reading and understanding and contextualizing for my peers.
0: If you had a favorite source, you wanted to give an inside scoop, which one would you recommend? Or how would you, if you're, you know, like I'm, I'm a hungry CEO, I really need to know more. What would be your tip to stay up to date with what's going on? Uh,
1: well, I would, I, 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 I would, I would say the best, the best. Product to keep you up to date with what's going on would probably be uh, TweetDeck, uh, part of Twitter, because you can put in keywords and read. You can w- you can read in real time. You can do that on your on your mobile, on your desktop. You can do it from home, um, and it, it 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 gives you uh, it gives you patterns, shapes, and trends. It gives you an element of context. But there is no substitute for for going to conferences. So, I would, I would probably say a combination of Twitter and TweetDeck is uh, is how is is the thing to skill up on. Or Hootsuite. I mean, you know, the equivalent type of platform that allows you to. Yeah. to I mean, it, to... you you could use Hootsuite, but I, I just think they've they've never nailed the UI on Hootsuite, and uh, the colours. <laughs> People complain about the colours, and colour is important on screens. And so. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, still in, I'm still in the tweet deck camp, but uh, I, I still think Twitter is the finest product ever created on the internet. After the last uh, 25 years I've been online, I still don't. I still don't think anybody truly understands that product, e- even their own board members and their own executives. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think Jack Dorsey does? I don't think he really understands it. No, not really. Hmm. Not really.
0: Well, Mr. Trump
1: seems to be doing a good job of it
2: and I'm not going to go down
1: that so uh, He certainly knows how to manipulate it, but he's got, uh, he's got a good aide in, uh, in Dan Scavino, who's helping him and Dan, uh, Dan is world class. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he's got Trump, Trump surrounded himself with talent and, uh, to help him make uh, decisions. But you, you can see from the situation he's in, it's still very, very hard to make decisions and, and get outcomes passed. So, uh,
0: Twitter does not solve everything, so Thomas how can what's the best way for someone of course you're out there what's the best way would you like people to reach you uh, follow you what's the best way
1: uh, they can uh, They can contact me on uh, on Twitter at, at uh, Thomas Power, I publish my email there I publish my WhatsApp phone number there. I probably answer a thousand questions a day on WhatsApp to people around the world. Uh, people are very welcome to get in touch I can I can ask, I can answer pretty much any question. I can connect them or introduce them to anybody they want worldwide. Just, uh, just ping me on WhatsApp or Twitter. Those are my two favorites.
0: Sounds like you're walking the talk of being open, random, and supportive. Absolutely, that's my life. All right, Thomas. Thanks for coming on the show. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Minter. Thanks for having listening to this recording of the Minter Dialogue Show. You'll find the show notes on themindset.com. That's mindset with a Y. Where you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter at forward slash subscribe. If you like the show, please do rate it on iTunes. That really makes my day. Happy trails and enjoy Josh Sachs's Painted Fingers.
2: Oh, fill me with all your colors any different way To rid me of the gray Values, we'd hang our fortunes. With all your favorite shades